Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Coffee Table with myself, Patrick Franken, and Austin Battaglia. Hello, everyone. We are here, extremely sad. Um, we're going to see how this podcast goes, but obviously with the Packers losing, there will be some rants, some frustration aired. Um, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully we can find some positivity somewhere. But before we get to all that, because that's going to be kind of you know the majority of what we talk about, let's just briefly touch on the AFC championship game. The Chiefs ended up beating the Bills. What were your initial thoughts on the game? Uh, didn't have too many thoughts because I was still so upset about the Packer game. Um, but after I took a day, I just thought about it more, and the Chiefs are just scary. Um, you know, the Bills aren't a bad team, and it just seemed like when the – pretty much what everyone has been saying of when the Chiefs decide to turn it on, it's just – you can't stop them. Their creativity on offense, their playmakers that they have, and then just enough like people to create big plays on defense. They're they're built to be a great team. Yeah, I agree with that assessment. I mean, bef- you know, before we look ahead for the Bills, I thought the same thing. Like, I didn't necessarily think this was, you know, wow, the Bills aren't that good. It was the whole time I was just thinking, I can't believe the Chiefs have all these guys on offense. Like, this is unreal. I don't know what you're supposed to do about um, Hardman or Hill doing their reverse and then just mm-hmm. sprinting past everybody if they just even step like a tiny step the wrong way. And then on top of that, doesn't matter if you get in Mahomes' face because he just gets out of it, takes a couple steps, hits Kelsey wide open in the middle of the field. I mean, I saw that happen like four or five times on drives where you thought, oh, the Bills D is fine, or like stepping up, getting some pressure on them. Hopefully, you know, they're forcing a third down here. But no, of course not. Mahomes just makes it happen. He, they have so many weapons. And even though maybe they didn't look as dominant towards the end, I feel like we were talking about, you know, this team can put up 50 at any point, which is why it's just – I don't know how anybody's supposed to beat them. Yeah. And, and I mean – the crazy part is like you look at the box score and it's really just on the receiving side. It's just Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. The next leading receiver was Byron Pringle with three catches for 22 yards, but it's just, those two guys are so dominant and you have to account. It's pretty much, you have to double team both of them, which means then someone else, either the run game or someone else is wide open. And that's not even accounting for like the, reverse to Hardman or, you know, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Daryl Williams, or Le'Veon Bell, if he plays, but mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, it, I mean, it's just the, too much. The, the superstar talent is too much. Uh, and it, it also from watching, um, it could just be that they're all this incredible, like individually, but do you also think a part of it is just how crucial having an incredible tight end like Kelsey is because it just seems like nobody can guard him. Like it doesn't even matter what they do. You're he's going to be able, Mahomes will be able to throw to him. Yeah. Well that, I mean, that's why I, I do feel like the past few years, it's just been a, like the tight end position has been revolutionized. If you look at guys like Kittle and Kelsey, Zach Ertz to a certain degree, I mean, these guys are not only like amazing receivers, but also guys that just, are all out blockers. So it makes it so you have to bring in linebackers because you have to respect the run. But then at the same time, you're lining up a 
wide receiver at the tight end position who also can block like a lineman. So it's just, yeah. I mean, it, listen, we talked about it before. If that's what the bears are aiming to do in the future with just a bunch of tight ends on the field, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's their solution. But uh, these tight ends are just getting like top tier athletes that are learning how to block too. And I think Darren Waller is just a step away from being able to block like some of these guys. Um, but he's already better receivers than they are. So we're, we're just seeing so many of these guys that are becoming threats downfield, but also threats in the box or in the run game. Um, and it's totally like changing the way that these teams can play call. Yeah. I, that's, it's just crazy. It's, it's cool to watch. Um, so what do you think specifically in that game? what do you think of the bills? Um, I mean, I, I, it wasn't like I was disappointed in them or anything. I just, you know, they were outmatched from what I saw. Um, and I really just didn't have many thoughts other than like, you know, if Diggs isn't going for 200 yards against this team, they're not going to win this game. And, uh, you know, it, it seems like they're just a piece or two away on offense from being able to score with the Chiefs. I just don't know. I think they could add three pieces on defense and I'm still, the chiefs are going to put up however many points they want. So. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the same thing. It's kind of crazy. I, the one thing I wanted to point out was just the bills kind of looked like they struggled again to get into the end zone, you know, mm-hmm. with a couple field goals there, which the second that that happens, you're just like, I don't think you're going to be able to catch up. Like it's going to take a miracle. And even if they had scored touchdowns, the defense just had no answer. I mean, no. the Chiefs were scoring so fast, and it just seemed like they weren't even trying. So you're kind of like, <laughs> it, you know, one and a half quarters in, you're just kind of going, um, uh, you're just kind of like, I hope they. I but, don't even. I, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know what to do. So here's it's crazy. Here's the only, and I know this is previewing, which I don't. But here's the only like way that I can see a team can beat the chiefs is if you start off with the ball. All right. So you receive the ball off the kickoff. You then play the most conservative, like three or four yards rushing, take about 10 minutes on your drive and you have to score touchdowns and then they get the ball, you know, they score a touchdown. You just have to force like one stop. And every time you get the ball, you have to slow play it, keep that offense off the field and just like run all, which the bills just don't have a monster running back or the type of offense to do that. They're way more mm-hmm. of a passing team, um, which that that's why for the Buccaneers, it might be dial up Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones just to try and get out to a lead. Now that doesn't matter because Mahomes then scores 21 points in two minutes. Like it's nothing, Um, but it's, you just have to control the clock every time. I I don't see any other way. You're not going to outscore him. And so kind of with that being said, do you think, what do you think the Bills should do moving forward? Should they focus on balancing out that offense a little more? Should they focus on, you know, finding a defensive scheme. I don't know. What, what do you think they should be focusing on in the off season? Yeah. I mean, in my mind, if I'm a bills fan, okay. If I'm a bills fan, I'm upset because I was a game away from the super bowl. You know, it's still a great season for the bills, but I'm not 
looking at this game and being like, our defense sucks. I think they've had a solid defense. You know, there's been lapses here and there. To me, it's either finding another receiver to just take some pressure off of digs or just have one-on-one coverage that can win. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I know Zach Moss was hurt and he's, he might be the guy, but finding a way that they can, like you said, balance out the rushing side of that offense. Cause I, I don't think they want Josh Allen being the leading rusher. Like, no. And their, that- their, their second leading guy had 17 yards. So that that's where it's like, you have to have some sort of, especially when you face these better teams, you can get away with that against, you know, the jets or the Jaguars or teams like that. But when you start playing playoff teams, you need to have that balanced attack. Um, and so I think that's, that might be their focus. Yeah, that's, that's what I had written down too. I just think one of those things to keep people guessing, it can't be, Oh, Allen's just going to look for digs every play. I, yeah. And that's not to, they're obviously, they were an incredible offense. So I'm not trying to like say no, they didn't it, I mean, be there or anything, but if you want to make it to the Super Bowl, if they just add some rushing attack, I think it boosts their chances a lot. Yeah. I, I mean, just make the defense, like you said, have to account for more than one option. And, you know, I just don't see Cole Beasley being able to produce like he has this year consistently. Um, and I don't, he's a slot guy. Like, let's be honest about that. You need another guy on the outside to go along with digs. So yeah, definitely. That, that's where I see that or just adding a power running back. I agree. Any final thoughts on either of these teams? I mean, I'm a huge chiefs fan that. <laughs> yep. I agree with that. <laughs> Hopping on the bandwagon. Um, so let's uh, let's turn to the Buccaneers and Packers game. Bucks beat the Packers. Um, how about I'll let you take it away. What are your What are your first thoughts? Uh, well, I'm going to correct you there. The Packers beat the Packers. I didn't feel like the Bucks necessarily. I thought yes, they outplayed us, but I didn't watch that game and go, okay, we're never beating that team. I watched that game and I immediately thought we just blew that game. Like we on offense, defense and special teams played terrible for at least a half offense in the second half played terrible defense in the first half played terrible special teams, all game played terrible. Um, So really, if you play like that in an NFC championship game, most likely you're not going to win. And we were lucky that Tom Brady was trying to let us back into the game. I just, it, after watching that game, it felt like that feeling you get after like a breakup where it's just like you're heartbroken and that my stomach felt sick. I like skipped dinner on Sunday night. Cause I just, it, wow, it just, the... it just, I just felt like this should have been I decided our to year eat more. <laughs> oh, I, I wasn't able to do it. I won't have been able to enjoy any food. It was just, it was just a sick just stressed feeling in my gut and it was the whole time it felt like you know in 2014 when we lost to the Seahawks and it was like okay we were the better team and we should have gone to the Super Bowl that year you know the other years when we lost to the Falcons and the 49ers yeah we should we were not going to win that game if it was played 10 times you know those teams destroyed us but against the Seahawks and against this Buccaneers team you know hats off to the Buccaneers for coming out and playing so hard I also just felt like we had so many opportunities and so many just boneheaded plays that it costed us the game. 
Yeah. Um, before we dive into a little bit more specifics on the game, I, I agree with you that, I, you know, this just felt like it was our year. Those other years, it was obviously exciting that we were in the conference championship, but while watching the game, I didn't think we were winning, especially last year against that 49ers team. Like, yeah. you know, I, I was hoping it'd be close, <laughs> but I didn't have any sort of notion that we were going to be in the Super Bowl. This year, I really let myself, you know, I, we were looking good those last few weeks. Um, and I totally agree with you that it was like our, our just full team loss. Um, mm. And just spotting them 14 points in a matter of like a minute and five seconds with the final play in the second half. And then that fumble to start the second half, which just so big in terms of momentum, both of those plays, we were in such a big hole and then to still the whole game kind of be in it in my mind is why I completely agree with you that we beat ourselves like that. I still don't think the bucks are very good. I think we had a horrible game. I completely agree. I think their pass rush was really good. And I th- actually, yeah. I, I think their front six were really good. And I'm like, I think that will give the Chiefs challenges, but the Chiefs will figure it out is my, what I think is going to happen. I think Vita Vea was crucial being back. Um, and then those two outside rushers just ate our lunch. But at the same time, we were still able to move the ball occasionally and then just completely sputtered it. You know, the more I talk, it's just, I keep going down the rabbit hole of, yeah, we just, we blew it. And, and what so, do you think of, what do you think about Kevin King? Okay. So let's, let, let's break this down by side of the ball. So let's go defense first. Yeah. Kevin King played his worst game as a green Bay Packer to me, the whole time I was watching, I just kept thinking like he must be hurt. And I know he's been on the injury report all season long, and he always is on the injury report. I actually, going into the game, I think everyone would agree that if it came down to the Buccaneers having to throw all over us and we bottle up the run, I think every Packer fan would be feeling pretty good because mm-hmm. our coverage and our secondary has been solid all year. Um, but they tried throwing it, Jair, like what, three times, and it was a pass deflection and two picks. And then the rest of it was just them going to Kevin King or Chandon Sullivan and man, King looked bad. And honestly, I, I actually agreed with what Petten was doing early on in the game of, Hey, let's press a little bit, make it. So Brady has to throw within like two seconds, but we weren't able to get to Brady and Kevin King could not cover for two seconds. So and like, the third down conversions for that first half. What were they? Six for six, and like three of was, them were over ten yards. And and it start. wasn't complicated routes. It was literally these dudes were just running in a straight line, and Brady mm-hmm. was just throwing it up. And all what you had to do. And he was, was clearly targeting King. Oh, so hundred percent. Which he I had would to have been injured. Like he had I, to have been injured. And it just makes me think, like, okay, we just signed Tremont Williams. We have these other. Are they really that bad? Where an injured Kevin King is our like answer out there. It just, it felt awful watching that. And at first I wasn't like mad at Petten until that last play of the half. And that I think to me that may and probably will cost him his job. And yeah. I've been on the pen. Like I've been a supporter of Mike Petten since we hired him. I've been very excited. Cause I've, I was impressed at what he did 
with the Browns and what he did with some other defenses and the way that our defense, even this year continued to improve after some rough stretches, but to like, that looked like the jets on that last play of the half where it looked like literally, you know, exactly what they're going to do. They have no timeouts. There's seven seconds left. They rush their offense onto the field. Where else? Like, as soon as that receiver doesn't turn out after three yards, where do you think he's going? So first off, terrible play by Kevin King. Second off, why were we in single high coverage? There should have been at least two safeties back. Like they ran three guys deep and we covered two of them that it, and you can tell LeFleur was just rightfully. So he was absolutely pissed off like Mm -hmm. going in it, which that, that play cost us the game in my mind, as soon as that play happened, well, I would, I mean, I see what you're saying. I would argue that the fumble was the nail in the coffin to me. The fact that we're looking at the score, I thought, you know, we have enough offense where we can maybe make this happen. And especially because we get the ball, I thought that was huge to just kind mm-hmm. of switch the way the game was feeling. But to come out, immediately give them the ball and they have it on the two, I mean, it's just over. I mean, yeah. everything after that was like exciting to watch, but at, I was just. No, I was emotionally numb. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I think um, Kenny Clark looked amazing. I'll shout that out. Jair Alexander is the best corner in the league. And I mm-hmm. think he proved that on Sunday. Um, but they would run two two man routes because they didn't want Brady to be pressured. If you watch the game, they would keep Gronk and Leonard Fournette. When Leonard Fournette was not dropping balls, he was pass blocking. And it would be him and Gronk. So they would have like seven guys blocking, two or three guys running a route, and then they would just target Kevin King every time. So like it wasn't that complicated of an offense. It was just Brady tossing it up to whoever Kevin King was guarding. Yeah. So and I'll just say it one more time, but those third downs really 100%. frustrated me. And I because they they did what they had. You know, some of them were short yardage, but there were a number that were over 10 yards to where you're like, this is exactly the situation you want to put Brady in. And then, like you said, to then have two guys running routes and give up that big of a third down is like, just doesn't make sense. Yeah. And so, you know, I know I've said I'm a big Petten supporter, but I think at this point, Lafleur is going to want to bring in his own guy. And I do think the defense needs... Something, Need something for a next like step. something spark something yeah. because the playmakers the talent is there we should not be getting torched by a 43 year old with two or three guys running a route yeah and i i agree with you that i don't have any like ill will towards Patton. you know what i mean he took right. our defense out of the absolute dump to at least serviceable and i know that kind of coincided with having better players too so He's, you know, he's the Mark Jackson of the Green Bay defense. He he got us out from being like the last place defense to being like a solid like, oh, look at them doing some some work in the playoffs, but not making it all the way. And now we need Steve Kerr on the defensive side to come in and just turn us into the dynasty that the Green Bay Packer defense could be. Yep. I like it. Don't Hopefully know who that, that is yet. Nope, but we'll, we'll, we'll find them. <laughs> I'll polish my um, resume. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. Um, so let's turn to the other side of the ball. Um, offense, what 
before going to maybe just specifically, what do you think of the interception to set up that and to have first half touchdown? I mean, I thought it was a bad pass. Uh, I thought it was also pass interference, which everyone I think agreed with, including the commentators, uh, which I, I actually wasn't like super pissed that they didn't call it because it wasn't like an outrageous pass interference, but if you're going to let that go, then you have to let what Kevin King did at the end of the game go. So that's where I felt the consistency by the refs was awful. Um, so like, if you're not calling that, then just do that the rest of the game, but felt it was a bad throw and I don't, I don't really, what were your thoughts on it? Same kind of thing. I just can't believe it's, and this is kind of, I'm just going to say this with the fact of what happened after we got the two interceptions. I love Aaron Rodgers. He's incredible. But he's being given these opportunities to kind of like, I don't know. I, I know he doesn't really care, but, you know, cement his legacy. is like an right. incredible top-tier player winning in these big games, and he can't seem to do it. I mean, that, that was a horrible decision by a guy who doesn't make bad decisions. And to make it at that point in the game, which, yes, they shouldn't have scored a touchdown, but you're still giving them great field position at a time where none of that should have happened. Mm-hmm. Then, but you're like, all right, whatever. You made a mistake. Then in the second half, to be given multiple opportunities finally by a defense that didn't all day to make something happen, have a great comeback drive, lead your team on a just nothing. Can't even get the ball going. And, and to me, the big part is, like, we didn't even get first downs. I think exactly. they got yeah, – They got the, a negative five yards over the, for the yeah, two. Didn't the, they? the fact that – I think, yeah, there may have been one first down and then immediately get sacked or something like that. But the fact that – we weren't able to at least flip the field because we'll get into this. When we talk about special teams, the Packers starting position on offense was terrible the entire game. And so you're given an interception, at least get a couple first downs and then you can pin them back and then make it. So the next time you get the ball, you're You're closer, you know, and he wasn't even able to do that. And, you know, I know that's on the offense as a whole. He was given zero time by his tackles who were just completely, outmatched it was first time where we really started missing Bakhtiari and man did we miss him this game um because just Wagner and Turner were absolutely destroyed by those ends and Elton Jenkins Wagner looked looked bad man I don't know what that was about yeah and Elton Jenkins looked human again going against Vita Vea um you know we were the best offensive line going into that game and after I was confident because after beating the Rams where they looked just dominant in the trenches, I thought, okay, our weakness against the Buccaneers was blocking them. And then we weren't able to block them again. So that made it tough. Yeah. I, but, yeah. <laughs> that sucked so, so much. Yeah. I mean, the other part about offense, uh, I mean, I, Aaron Jones didn't have a good game. It, it just, it sucks that we weren't able to establish a run and their linebackers were just so fast, which we predicted. Um, but we also just kind of got away from running the ball. Uh, and I don't know if that was a, Hey, like I'm feeling stressed out. Let's put the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands more often, but it just felt like we, we didn't even try to run the ball, which let them pin their ears back and sack us a few more times. 
Yeah. And I kind of felt like, at least from what I saw, it didn't seem like they were completely locking Devontae down. And I thought it was weird how few times we got him the ball. Um, and maybe I missed that. If I go back and watch, maybe they were putting a lot of pressure on him. But I don't know. He's he's incredible. I don't know why we wouldn't toss it to him more. It just no, seems I mean, there, there was like a slant here and there where it would just be like a 9, 12 yard, nine to 12 yard gain. And it would be like, hey, we can we can probably do this a few more times. Exactly. Or, or at least like throw a fi- – like that's the thing that Brady does is he just chucks it up and the football gods bless him with his receivers coming down with it, no matter who the receiver is. It could be Gronk. It could be Evans. It could be back when he was on the Patriots and Amendola or Wes Welker suddenly are like diving for a tipped pass and they're catching it. So I don't know if maybe Brady sold his soul to the devil and just said, hey – let me just have all the football luck for the next 20 years of my life. Um, but th- so that is annoying. something that Rogers doesn't usually do um, is just chuck it up. But I will say bright spot of the offense, uh, Mr. Valdez Scantling balled out, made the big play that we've been saying when we play a playoff team, uh, we need him to make those plays. And that was mm-hmm. a tough catch. That 50 yard touchdown. That was a tough catch and he held on to it and he, also had some over the middle catches that were pretty tough. Um, so I was, I was impressed with that. Now we just need the rest of the offense to come through. So what do you think the Packers got to do in the off season to try to make that? Well, oh wait, special teams. You want to get into special teams? Yeah. I, well, before we get special teams, I want to get your thought. Cause it's been the whole, you know, Twitter and ESPN blow up of the decision to kick the field goal. Oh, it made total sense to me. I don't get why everybody's so upset. Like if you, (laughs) there is enough time on the clock where you make this field goal, you can get the ball back and win and win. If you miss your fourth down going for the touchdown, it's over. It doesn't matter what, I don't know why you wouldn't give you yourself the chance to win as opposed to, Oh, there's five minutes left. We're going to try to win right now. And then it's just over. I I think that's So so dumb. I was sitting with my family watching it and they said, Austin, what do you do here? And I said, well, honestly, just kick the field goal because, and here are my points for it. We were on the eight yard line. If we're on the five or closer, I'm going for it. hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm going for it. The fact that we had just tried three times in a row and none of them were. And looked really bad. Yeah. Now, if Rogers on that third down, if he tries to run, he either gets in or he gets to, the two or three yard line. And then I'm hundred percent going for it. And I'm in full agreement with everyone else on Twitter. That's saying, put the ball in 12's hands, blah, blah, blah. But the fact that we had just seen them shut us down, they've been sacking us. They've been killing us in the red zone all day. Like I'm totally fine with, and especially with that time on the clock, let's and how bad Brady had been playing. Yeah. And okay. So for everyone that's thinking, oh my gosh, Austin, Pat, why are you not trusting Aaron Rodgers to get it done? Okay, let's say that Aaron Rodgers does get it done. We get that eight-yard touchdown. We then also have to get that two-point conversion. Let's go ahead and say that that happens as well, all right? So those are two unlikely things that have to happen. Let's say that those do happen. Now we're giving the ball back to Brady with how many timeouts and the two-minute warning to get just a field goal like, do we really think the defense is going to stop him one more time from just a field goal? And we know how lucky Brady is. 
like that's the part that no one's talking. Everyone's making yeah. it seem like Lafleur absolutely blew the game. I was fine. I'd be fine with the decision either way. But if, I, at the time, I was also thinking like with the two minute warning, this adds an extra timeout. You know, this gives us a chance also to get the ball in good field position and go for the win. So, yep. and if the people saying that, I don't think watched the game or watched how much Aaron Rodgers was struggling. Yeah, because. Like, yeah, I mean, you, you said it all. We had three straight attempts, didn't make any of them work, looked awful on them. Didn't even after gain just, yards. Like, yeah, after just having two drives where we didn't even get any first downs. So it's like, yeah, take the freaking points and maybe our defense will get another turnover. Like, that's where I felt like at that point. Yeah, and the whole argument of like, well, you know, if you if you don't get it, then you have them pinned back. It doesn't matter. We saw what – We, we have saw to score ex- twice. And let's say we do like – we don't get it, and we're still down eight. We saw what was about to happen. They got the first down and ended the game. So if we didn't get it, like I, I don't know. Yeah. To me, it wasn't – and statistically speaking, it was, what, a difference of 1%. So, And maybe I would feel differently if we hadn't played all, so poorly all game. You know what I mean? In terms yeah. of saying, oh, the floor screwed up. I don't think that was – the whole no. team screwed up to that point to I even mean, put us in that position. To, to like a coaching screw up was the end of the first half. That was a coaching and player screw up. Yeah. I don't think it was a coaching screw up to get the field goal and go for the win there. No, I agree. So what did you, what do you got to say about special teams? Well, to start off, I'll do the highlight of what a season for Mason Crosby. <laughs> uh Dude didn't miss a kick or a field goal all season. Is he 80? (laughs) I'm just happy that I can now talk about him not missing a field goal. You know, that's, Mm -hmm. that's the bright spot. It really is. (laughs) Is I don't have to worry this whole time. I was like, okay, he hasn't missed a field goal. That means he's going to miss it in the most crucial moment. You know, I kept thinking (laughs) that of like, Oh God, like we're just waiting. Um, But no, he, he did well. Uh, What I will say now is the Packers, made the right decision and I hate when guys lose their jobs, but they had to get rid of their special teams coach. Um, Cause it was just, it was terrible. It was uh, so bad. Like, I, I mean, Sean Menenga was the special teams coach. I, I'm sorry, but it's, that's a pure coaching aspect of coverage. Like it's not like other teams that are better than us at special teams use their superstars and it's like oh well we just don't have superstars on our special teams it's like no everyone puts their third and fourth strings out there so it's not like you're throwing tj watt or miles garrett or those guys on special teams it's you have your third string linebackers so do better why are why are the buccaneers starting on the 35 or 40 every single drive and then our offense starts on the 10 or 20 like, first of all, when's the last time the Packers had a scary returner? Was it Alan Rossum? I mean. I don't even remember. Like, Randall Cobb had one touchdown and then wasn't really the same ever since that. I le- I legitimately think it was Alan Rossum the last time we had, like, a scary returner. I love Tavon Austin, but he's too old now and isn't the right man for it. Um, so, I'm not going to get an Austin Packer jersey. Yeah. Isaac um, said that when we were watching over the weekend. I was like, oh, man, that would have been, <laughs> that would have been pretty sweet. Um, 
So yeah, that hope is, it would, and it would be even sweeter because my brother would then get a Rashawn Gary. So you'd mm-hmm. have Gary and Austin and it was going to be perfect, but uh, that, that didn't pan out for me. Um, but we need to have some sort of like scariness on our special teams on the return aspect and the coverage aspect. Cause we're just trash at both. Yep. Yeah. I don't really have anything to add. I, he should have been fired. We were dead last and everything. Field position was brutal. Yeah. And it's not like us being good at offense or defense makes our special teams worse. Like you can, you're allowed to be good at special teams. I don't know why we haven't been for a decade now. Yeah, that is kind of weird. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully that's where we make some changes, but where else do you think we should make some changes in the off season? All right. So going into off season, um, we're going to have what the 30th pick now. Uh, so I know all the mock drafts are going to have us taking a receiver. Um, and I know like the, the guy from Purdue is an option at that spot. Um, I actually, I don't think we need a receiver if we're trying to win now. I think we need either a corner or another offensive lineman. Um, and I think that's where we need to load up. I would lean towards corner at this point. Cause I don't think we're bringing Kevin King back. Uh, so I agree with that. I think specifically too, because of where our pick is, you know, if mm-hmm. we were doing the receiver, we should have done it last year where we were um, had a little bit higher of a right. pick, but being 30th, uh, it's just like, what are you really going to gain from that? Unless somebody falls, you know, we'll never know that kind of stuff until the night of, but I agree with you that I think the, a cornerback is probably the biggest thing that will make the biggest impact right away. Yeah. I, I, you know, our linebackers are young and getting better. We did pretty well against the run with Ty Summers as our Mike linebacker for half of that game, um, which I I was, I was scared of the entire time. I'm not saying I want him as our starter, but I'm saying, you know, Kenny Clark is amazing. I think Lancaster and Kingsley Kiki and Rashawn Gary, Zedarius, they're getting better against the run. So I just want, like we just need to be able to cover for two seconds and let our pass rush get to the quarterback. Yeah. I would love to have a speedy middle linebacker too, or just some linebacker out there like that, like the Buccaneers guys. Cause they are so, I, I know that like, that's a tier above everybody yeah, else. That's, but I mean, like you look at where they drafted Devin white, like he was what the like fourth or fifth pick in the draft. So like we're, we're not getting a Devin. A boy, can, a boy can dream. Okay. <laughs> Come on, man. Give um, me something. We're also here's here's also the consideration for first round. Um, Mich- speaking of special teams, Michigan has a long snapper with the last name of Cheeseman. So, <laughs> I okay. I, I like where your head's at. Can you imagine a Packer jersey with Cheeseman on the back? <laughs> I mean, okay, maybe not first round. <laughs> maybe second round, but we have to pull the trigger on that. We guy. do. I think we really do. That would like, be the highest selling Jersey easily. And he's a long snapper. So how bad can he really mess up the team? You know? Yep. <laughs> so, hey, you know what? That's not bad. You know, and it just, just brings some, some energy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, they can walk around calling him cheese, you know, just have a guy that you call cheese on the team that boosts morale. 
<laughs> hey, I you're the one who's been who works in some football locker rooms. So I'll leave I that mean, to you. Yeah, you, you need calling a guy, guy on, cheese boost morale. A hundred percent does. You need a guy on special teams called cheese. You need a guy on offense called big dog, which we have in Mercedes Lewis. Now we just need a guy on <laughs> we we need a guy on defense that you call like uh, uh come back to me on that. I'll have it by the end of this pod. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> um what Oh, the other thing I wanted to bring up was the just all these headlines about Aaron Rodgers, the comments he said after staying in Green Bay, leaving Green Bay. What are what are you thinking about that? And I know he kind of just clarified it, but also still also didn't clarify left it, it open. Yeah. I think he's just, you know, he he sat behind Favre during the whole Favre watch years. I think he just wants his turn of of media i think he likes just freaking out the media um i don't think he's going anywhere he just had an mvp season you know if his contract was up that'd be one thing but it's not so i didn't overreact to it at all i because i when i saw the quote i was like oh so he feels like he just went through a breakup just like i did just completely emotional like can't eat dinner he's probably just feeling the same way as me yeah. And just is pissed off at everything and everyone and just wants to create a little chaos. Um, so I've, it's been, I have not enjoyed Twitter or ESPN during all this talking about where's Rogers going, blah, blah, blah. Like it's just, I've just pure, been avoiding it. I, you know, he even said at one point, he's like, it must be a slow week. Like if that's, it's just, I, I'm not worried about that aspect. Um, yeah. It, like if a well, guy a plays few, a few that- things so i i don't get this whole thing about he would force his way out like he does he doesn't strike me as that type of guy this team just made it one drive away from the super bowl and he and lafleur seem to be clicking so i don't get that part and Devon- i saw a lot of people like in- what and Devante, yeah. yeah, people on ESPN were like freaking out that oh, he's gonna force his way out. Like, yeah, he has the years, but we keep seeing people doing it. It's like, okay, he might. Now, what I saw, which I thought was a little more interesting, was he might use some leverage to get signed for a couple more years, just to have a little more security. Which, okay, that's very different than leaving. Um, what like what offense? I guess you could argue the 49ers would be the only situation where it's like. Okay, I that, saw they kept saying the Rams too. I think our offense is better than the Rams. I mean, I think so too. Like you must No, our offense is better than the Rams. We just proved that. Like Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I could see the 49ers cuz of Kittle and Shanahan and just the speed that they have um and the defense that that team has. I guess that's the difference is the 49ers and Rams have a defense. But I don't know. It that I thought that was all BS, whatever. My yeah. biggest concern, and I was texting you about it, was he just strikes me as a guy who would just retire if he felt like it. You know, like he he probably won't this year, but how loose he was this year, how much fun he was having, definitely seemed like a private, like this is my last season type thing because he just seems like somebody who knows he's not. 100% defined by football, like has ideas on a lot of different stuff. Not that other guys don't, but I'm just saying he does, he doesn't seem like he sees himself as like, Oh, if I'm not being a quarterback, I don't know what 
there'd be to life, you know, like, yeah. But that's so, what makes me think that he could go longer is that it's not like his entire life now, but if he's enjoying it, he's going to keep doing it. And I think outside of four week or four Sundays this year, he's really enjoyed it. So um, that that's, that's and, you yeah. know, he's, he's always said like, I plan on playing a while and that's why he was so upset and all of us were so upset when we drafted a quarterback is because Aaron Rodgers has been publicly saying, I want to play as long as Brady's playing pretty much. Um, and to me, I, like what other quarterback wins an MVP and then ESPN goes on a tirade about how he's going to leave. Like, I just, I don't get their obsession with trying to make Aaron Rodgers like a James Harden. Like, Yeah, it is weird. I didn't, I don't know. It's there's also a version of this where I'm kind of upset the way it's viewed everywhere. As a fan, I wish we'd made more Super Bowls up to this point. Obviously, yeah. why would we not? But it's really hard. I mean, it's not <laughs> like only two guys out of 32 get there, and one guy goes every freaking year. So really, so there's one. only one other spot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's it's difficult and. We're a great team that makes it here. I know it's frustrating that we keep losing, but I'm still enjoying the ride. I love getting everybody together to watch these big games where we might I, get to the Super Bowl. I will still say, like, this has been the most fun I've had since that Super Bowl year. Yeah, like, 100%. Like, the 15-1 and one season was great, but we were also slumping at the end of it, so you felt kind of, like, crappy about the end. But, like, this time, we were hitting our stride. Yes, the last game sucked, but – man, what a ride. And this team was so fun this year. Um, And that's what makes it tough looking ahead to like, what do we do in terms of we got Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and Corey Lindsley that are all due. Um, I have no idea what the right answer is. It looks like the Packers are looking to sign Aaron Jones. Now that's pure rumor from my end, just because there has been no contact with Corey Lindsley's camp which makes me think if they haven't even started talks with Corey Lindsley, that they're probably looking to keep a running back, but. Interesting. I, yeah, I don't know. That's going to be really hard. Yeah. I, I mean, well, don't, don't I, get I don't me wanna... wrong. Aaron Jones is explosive, but what is he exactly? I'll need to look at his numbers more. I didn't feel like he was that effective this last month of the season. He's just the big play threat, though, is really like Jamal Williams isn't going to pop off for a 60 yard run like there. There is that one play where A.J. Dillon had a wide open hole. I don't know if you remember this play, but first of all, before the play, I completely called it. I was like, OK, so they're giving us the off tackle run here. And I felt like a coach at that moment. <laughs> you see Rogers check to it, hands it off to A.J. Dillon, complete wide open hole. And we get like. I think nine or 10 yards out of it. Great play. But the whole time I was sitting there thinking like, if that's Aaron Jones, that thing is like 25 to gone, you know, yeah. like, although I will say AJ Dillon carrying a dude on his back for seven yards was, was pretty the, awesome. That was one of the coolest plays of the game. For some reason that just reminded me too of, I had a pretty bad joke. It's not even a joke, but I just kept saying on during the game, um, <laughs> 
I kept going, oh man, I just want to hear Roger say can, can, can more because he's not doing it enough. Because <laughs> the announcers every time, uh, when you hear a can, you know, that's him uh, going to the second play. And they just say that every time. And I feel like full drives, we hear it. And then we didn't really hear it. So I was just like, oh man, I want to get him up there and just start canning <laughs> stuff, dude. He, he knows what's going on. <laughs> All right. Well, do you have any final thoughts before we wrap it up? Um, no, I'm trying to think of any other off season things, but the fact that we have no money to spend <laughs> makes it a little a bit tougher. Um, so it's gotta be, we got to hit again in the draft. And then I think I'm going to take a few weeks of just kind of making myself better, you know, bettering myself as a Packer fan. Mm, and then it beautiful. is going to be full Sternberger season after that. <laughs> Let me tell you, that doesn't sound like you're bettering yourself. If that's what you're coming back to, I'm going to come back fresh for another year of Sternberger season. And it's going to be a good one. Let me tell you. I mean, he's learned from the best in Tunyon and Graham and big dog. And now it's time for him and Daguerre and Tunyon to just be the dynamic triple headed monster of tight ends that we've ever seen. So Okay, that's not really where I want to see our team go, but if that's what you're feeling, man, I hope Hey, we're talking tight ends are the future. Tight ends are the future. Mr. Sternberger is that build. And you know what? On that note, we're going to send some good vibes to Sternberger heading, heading into the offseason. I think we're going to we're going to call it there and most likely heading forward without football, we're probably just going to do some NBA stuff a little less frequently. Austin, what are you thinking? Yeah. I I think, you know, I think everyone needs a little bit of time to, to regroup. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree with that. Probably two, three months. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll talk to you guys sometime soon. As always, thank you for listening. Um, there's always next year for the Packers. And maybe it'll be a little more special with some fans next year if that happens. So on that note, we'll talk to you guys later.